0: I'm glad to be here. Uh, Normally, we don't. Normally, we come. We come up um, a little bit more readily, but because of the whole COVID ordeal, however you want to word it, we haven't been up here for a few years, and so we're glad to be here. And um, so, and I'm blessed. I feel comfortable. It's it's like being at our at our church. It's the same. You know the same environment um, and um, and so I'm I'm wanting to share out of Ephesians chapter six this morning oh thanks where do I put that <laughs> you never know <laughs> but um, but yeah so so if you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six and stand with me I'd like to read the portion of scripture really that deals with the whole armor of God while they're figuring out that mic system back there how's that sounds better nope still got a ringing to it but but anyway, I'm just um, I'm just blessed to be here once again. It's just um, we wanted to come up so many different times, and they had all the restrictions. And I was so glad to hear that they lifted the restrictions. And then I said to my wife, "Oh, we got to you know go to Canada now." They lifted the restrictions, and then I looked at my passport, and it was outdated. I'm thinking like, "Oh no!" So there's like eight weeks waiting you know so um but it uh, sounds like they've got that under control so ephesians chapter six i want to read from 10 down to verse 18 finally my brethren be strong in the lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for all the saints. Lord we thank you for your word. We we, we lift up this time. And we ask Holy Spirit for your blessing. That you open our ears. And our hearts. Our understanding. Lord that you make application into our lives. As you see fit. As we serve you Lord. And we just ask for your blessing now. In Jesus name. Amen. You can all be seated. And so. If you noticed. Well, first of all, we we read all the way through that. We're not going to be able to look closely at all those verses. I kind of wanted to focus mainly on from verse ten to twelve, uh, for the most part. But just quickly, did you did you notice it's it's a whole armor that's being spoken of there because we're in a battle where to have the armor the armor on, and you notice it's it's a whole armor, and so. When when a believer is spirit-filled, then, then that believer has the full armor of God. In other words, it's not uh, pieces of an armor, but it's a whole armor. And so either we have the whole armor of God or we have no armor. And if you see in verse 10 there, it says... Um, speaking of in 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 serving him the lord finally my brother be strong in the lord and the power of his might and so it's, it's in his might not in our own strength and just quickly looking over uh, those verses there you see there in verse 10 it tells us to be strong why because we can and it show look there in verse 11 where it says that that we may be able to stand and so it's essential because of the wiles of the devil which is the schemes of the devil the wicked schemes of the devil and then also where to um, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities my point I'd like to mention there is but we do wrestle So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. And the emphasis is in that spiritual realm. And and also in verse 13, therefore it says, take up the whole armor. And that's, so that's by choosing. And that's the idea there that we're choosing to take the whole armor that you may be able to stand. Now that's repeated that we may be able to Uh, It's repeated there in 11. It's repeated there in verse, in there, verse 13 is repeated again in 16 that we may be able. So there's a question mark there about whether having that position to stand in this, in this battle. And you see there in verse 14 to stand, and that's repeated three times that we would stand in the battle that, um, uh, standing because we're believing, standing because we're following the Lord, standing because we're in a position to be able to stand, filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, three times, you know, taking, taking, um, making that decision to stand. And so I just wanted to mention that quick, quickly, because um, you see, our participation in the victory, our participation in um, being able to, to, to follow the Lord and to, and to have that victory in our life. Spiritual warfare is in the context. I don't think anybody can, can mix, miss that. And I asked the question, what's the point of fighting a war What's the point of, of that except for to win? And so we acknowledge that we're in a, in a war. And last night, uh, for those of you that were here, I'm sure you were as blessed as I was as uh, we got together and we had a worship time. But, but just the spirit was moving and I, for one, was very refreshed and uh, very blessed just to just to be here and be worshiping. It was just a wonderful time. I thought of um, Saturday morning, for those of you, you that were there, uh, some of the men get together. And they are going over the scriptures. And it was really good, and I recommend it. Where they just began Second Timothy, and we were going over... Chapter one. The format's amazing because it just it just allowed a little bit of time. Everybody has their notepad and their Bible, and they sp- we spent I don't know maybe ten minutes at the most going over the chapter, and then everybody sort of highlights what the Lord's showing them, and then and then everybody takes a time to share you know what the Lord's doing. Well, um, that was really really a blessing, but there was a scripture there where paul he makes reference in there in second timothy 1 16, where he makes reference of onis Onisferis, a brother uh to that had refreshed him and so it was a reminder to me of the importance of being refreshed the word actually means refreshed his spirit recover breath cool off from heat so you think of the heat of the battle you think of being out of breath because of exerting yourself in one point or another it's the idea of the spiritual refreshment that Paul experienced from this brother spending time together and and that's that's how i I felt and and then when the songs were being sung I was just blown away by just how the words of the songs like the holy spirit would make in every single one of the words of the song just sort of impact me just one after the other. And there was one song that was sung that kind of started this domino effect of memories that really fit into the theme of the night. And that was being filled with the holy spirit. And that song was holy fire and you know, most people think Jeremy Camp wrote that song, but he did not. It was actually our first worship leader at Calvary Chapel, Redmond, where I'm from, Gene Way, who wrote that song. And he had moved on to a discipling program down in Southern Oregon, and then and then there he wrote that song. Well, Jeremy Camp heard it somewhere along the line and liked it and picked it up and added it to the songs that he sang Uh, and gene way was just a sweet young he was when he was leading worship for us he might have been in the early 20s and just a real neat spirit filled this is my point spirit filled young man and when you're spirit filled the lord's using you and the lord's ministering to you and you never how you never know how far reaching that will be and what had happened was, and then he got married, and then he, and then he took a, a position in in Hawaii to lead worship, and then him and his wife were in Hawaii, and after some time, not sure how much time, they felt really like they wanted to come back to the mainland, but, they couldn't because it cost too much money. It was it was a really expensive to be able to move all their stuff. So they what did they do? They prayed, Lord. If it's your will that we go back to the mainland, that you would open up, open up the doors. I mean, you know, he, he would have known uh, where God guides, he provides. And so lo and behold, he goes out to the mailbox one day and he sees uh, a letter addressed to him. And he opens it up and it was the royalties of that song. And he had a check there for over five thousand dollars that he received unbeknown to him that it was even coming and i just thought you know you're you enter the battle you're serving the lord he's ministering to you you're giving it out and you don't know how far reaching the lord's previous to every situation and he just lets him know that he had a plan and the plan was that they'd come back to You know, back to uh, wherever they end up in Oregon, but the point was, is that was enough money to provide for that move and everything, and so that was quite a great testimony. We receive rewards of battle here and now, but also in heaven, and and the blessings come with the faithfulness of God, and He keeps His eye on us, and so. And so we're always dealing, aren't we, with the hassles associated with flesh and blood and real life situations. It's like the hassle. You go, wait a minute. It says that we wrestle with flesh and blood, but it just seems like everything that we're dealing with is such a hassle. Well, yeah, because it's life. But the wrestling is due to the spiritual realm and the enemy, and he uses all these people or situations that might arise and it's constant it's unavoidable struggle with those powers of darkness when you're serving the Lord and he wrestle it's a wrestling he wants to pin you down and he will pin you down unless you're filled with the spirit and if you're filled with the spirit you know, that's uh, tantamount to, um, you know, being fully armored with the whole armor of God. That's, that's, they're both the same thing. You cannot be filled with the spirit and not have the full armor of God. They're inseparable. And so I think mean, that's important to know. And so I entitled the message, A Battle Ready Church. Because it is a battle. You know, believers and Christians, a battle-ready Christian, a battle-ready church engaged in serving the Lord. Engaged with God's word and responding accordingly with those things that the Lord would show you. Doing what's right as a Christian in the battle. Not a non-combatant. You know, not a conscientious objector. No, that's completely wrong to think that way. Because that's not what the Bible calls a believer to be, but fully engaged because you're in the battle, whether you want to be or not, isn't the point. If you want to be a Christian, then you've signed up, you're in the battle. I had read of this Brooklyn businessman, um, just kind of reading a little excerpt here. After his butcher shop in Brooklyn was robbed four times in one month, William Levine bought a bulletproof vest. Other business owners asked him where they could get a vest like his. So Mr. Levine began taking orders. Today, 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 Levine is out of the butcher business, and full-time president of Body Arms International. He supplied he supplies forty sales representatives across the country, and is selling five hundred to six hundred vests a month. And Christians, now we are not typically shot at by guns, but we are always shot at in the spiritual fight body armor international provides protection for the physical body but only god provides perfection for protection for the the spiritual and i began to think about that why would selling body armor be such a lucrative successful business you know it's not often that a person is shot It's rare, as a matter of fact, that a business owner is actually shot, but it is possible. And that's reason enough. It's reason enough. And that's why that business could be so successful. The threat is real for all those buying body armor. It sells itself, you know, kind of like a corn dog at the fair. (laughs) You know, you don't have to advertise that very much, but for those but for those who are concerned they will seek them out because it's another layer of insurance and and security and it seems that many Christians many in the church are not they're not on heightened alert not on heightened awareness not on guard but rather more lethargic not engaged you know unlike the physical threat that would incentivize some to wear body armor that has minimal chance of ever being needed, but not so for the Christian. A Christian should be compared more to special ops team on a mission. As their body armor is essential, it's essential equipment, their mission is to engage the enemy. They will be shot at, The enemy will be there and so they're prepared and they're trained highly motivated for what they're dealing with I had heard years years ago that when the training in Fort Benning Georgia they were the new recruits came in it was basic training and there were they were having a hard time getting the new recruits interested in the training, getting motivated. They were just starting to think about changing the, um, the material and just the way that they would train these new recruits. And then suddenly the Vietnam war broke out, Vietnam war broke out. And these new recruits were in, they were motivated. I mean, just the idea that in just weeks from then they were going to be dropped into the jungles of Vietnam to face the enemy was overwhelming they wanted to learn everything they wanted to know everything they took they took warfare ser- seriously before that they didn't unmotivated not serious and now they're they're all in and so And I do I do believe that many Christians are not equipped for the battle and they do not take this admonition seriously If if we do not take this admonition seriously then it's a setup for defeat You know not defeat as far as the war is concerned Jesus already has given us victory in the war. So as far as the war is concerned, we already have the victory, and that's why believers are always fighting from a place of victory, but defeat in the battle. Defeat in the battles. And so, you know, if you look at, again, at uh, verse uh, 11, where it says, but put on the whole armor of God. Again, I want to stress that it's a choice to put on that armor. I remember when I was, it was in the mid 70s, right around there, I was in the Sheriff Reserve Academy down in Los Angeles. And one of the things that they taught us there, they told us of an account where one of the uh, sheriff deputies were go- was going to retire and it was his last day of service and it was a hot summer day and he just decided, you know, it's my last day. I don't need this black flat, flat jacket. It's just hot. And he just left it in his locker and went out. And then he got killed that day on a routine traffic stop. And... Because of the choice that he made that day. And I thought, well, why did they tell us that? They told us that so that we wouldn't make the same mistake. Choices. And, and so the Bible tells us here that we need to put on the whole armor. Uh, the meaning there of that of that word to put on is the idea of, of permanence indicating that armor should be the christian's lifelong attire and so in this armor yes it's personal but it's also body armor and the reason i say that is because we are the body of christ and so the spiritual armor in that sense is a body armor Paul Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, 3 through 5, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function or designation, so we being many are one body in Christ individual members of one body and so it speaks of the continuity and it speaks of unity and in this letter to the church of ephesus the apostle paul he stresses unity just prior to this teaching of warfare you know he says in ephesians 4:3 endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace he also says uh, in the thirteenth verse, Ephesians four, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so he points out the fact that unity is essential, and it's also noted as a strength with with the first church that they were in one accord, so they were unified. And so again, like a special forces military team, I'm looking at the church, church being a church, being a team. We have specific designations, uh, places that the Lord's called us to serve in the battle. And so we bring that to the team and the team is trained and familiarized with all the other designations that would be there there's an understanding and but it's really no different in the body of Christ as it would be in a special ops team who all have their specialty I'm more familiar with it now because my son Anthony was special forces army and so I would get information and I realized the training and the things that they had to go through and then he was deployed to Afghanistan and he was in many battles, and he lost friends, and, and, uh, and God just supernaturally protected him many times, almost like Old Testament deliverance kind of stuff. And, and, um, and I just remember that it was important for that team that they worked together and they fulfilled their place on that team. Every one of them depended upon one another And so this is why really a church can be derailed because because as individuals, we can also have a strong walk with with the Lord, but a body can be derailed if the body isn't that team called uh, to work together from being effective. If the church is non responses out of sorts, not committed, not engaged. You know, to the church of... Ephesus, this letter Paul wrote, Paul explains the wonderful things that we have received in Christ and refers to the church as a body, as a temple, as a bride, and at war. All inclusive. And so he he illustrates unity of purpose and shows how each individual member is a part that must work together with all the other parts one thing we should not be doing of course as a church is backbiting gossiping criticizing being jealous being angry having bitterness who'd want to go to that church how's the holy spirit supposed to work through that church it's a, that would be a carnal church be like the, the Corinthian church that Paul had to deal with as the enemy obviously got in there. The only way we will not be controlled by the flesh, by our old nature, is to be filled with the spirit. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit working in us. And that will not happen unless we're responsive to the word obedient to answering the call and make note also we are shown that the battle we are fighting is against the forces of darkness verse 12 we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places And so these are not flesh and blood that Paul speaks of there. These are demonic forces. And so when we believe in Christ, these become our enemy. That's what happens. It would be naive to know you're in a battle, but you leave your weapons behind. You know that would be bad, wouldn't it? You know, imagine that scene. You're a soldier. You're in a battle, and you just leave your 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 weapons. You leave your weapons behind. Now you're in the battlefield. What, what could you? What can you possibly do? You'd have to hide. You couldn't fight. And then those who depended upon you uh, couldn't. I mean, that would be silly to think about and and so relate that to spiritual battle that's the same thing if you leave if you're not fully armored then you're, you you kind of have to be in hiding and you really can't be of help to anyone else and and so this is how we engage the enemies and to save lives is to be armored and to follow the Lord remembering where our strength comes from so reading from Deuteronomy 8 18 through 20 where it says and you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you power to get wealth uh the context there prosper in victory that he may establish his covenant uh, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day then it shall be if if you by any means forget the lord your god and follow other gods And serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day. That you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you. So you shall perish. Because you would not be obedient. To the voice of the Lord your God. And so you know Christians. In no way we should rely on our own strength. We rely on the strength that God gives us. We should not rely on our own strength. Or our own giftedness. In any way, but have the the power of God. As again in verse ten, by by His power, His His might, and so we trust in the Lord.